Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me and Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though I'll suck the soul out your dick and say thank you. My guest today is a hilarious comedian and podcaster that you know from Chappelle's show, Pixar's Soul. He currently co-stars in the miniseries Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, available on HBO. It's Donnell Rawlings! We got this bitch got me paying her rent, paying for shit. Diamonds on her neck. And I don't know all the song, but the part I do know that resonates for me is this bitch got me. That's the that's 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 the story of my life. Wait, I don't think I know this song. What song is this? What you don't know the song? I don't think so. I don't know lyrics to anything. You don't have to know the lyrics to it. You just need to know that phrase. Anderson Potts okay. and, and Bruno Mars. Basically, it's a story about a guy being in a relationship where he feels like the woman may have been taken taken advantage of him because it's because of his celebrity and his financial status. And in the song, there's a lot of frustration when they say this part right here, and this is so profound. This bitch got me paying her rent, paying for shit, diamonds on her neck, paying for trips, and I'm here all alone. <laughs> I'm so cold, I'm so cold. You got me smoking out the window. Saying how could this happen to me? Oh, I thought that girl was only for me, whatever. 
but I was wrong. She belonged to everybody. And whoever's listening, you, uh-huh. you, you, everybody. That's, That's the song. kind of a sad song. And yes, if you're the guy, it's a beautiful song yes. if you're the woman. No! I'm not trying to steal or, like, take shit from a dude and then not be with them. That seems so mean. It is mean, but that's a function in the streets. And this usually applies to chicken heads or people that don't want to work hard for the things they want and they want other people to work for them. This might not apply to you, but maybe, wait a minute. Hmm? Have you ever been in a situation where you were, how do I say this? Where I was dating somebody uh, purely. That was doing everything for you, but you still wasn't. No. Never. No, I could never in good conscience uh, date somebody and take shit from them without, I'm I'm more of a caretaker. I like to take care of people. Uh, if you're taking care of me, it's like a mutual thing. I don't know. Have you had any chicken heads in your life? No, I haven't had chicken heads, but I've had some people that um, I felt that I was doing a lot for them. And it, and we weren't either we weren't equally yoked, or I wasn't getting the things out of the relationship that I wanted. I have had those situations. I'm not going to call them chicken heads. Some of them are opportunists. Some of the people's like this. Mm-hmm. You want to call yourself daddy, so you got to act like daddy. And it's the difference between daddy and deity. You know that, right? No, I thought yeah. they were the same word, but you're just uh, putting the emphasis on a different syllable. Yes, that's it. And daddy, daddy usually. Is reserved for young women dating older guys. Hey, daddy, I see you. Oh. I see you with your silver, your 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 salt pepper, daddy. It's different <laughs> between that and like it's different between that and daddy. I need money to go to the movies. That daddy mm-hmm. is the one, and then you find yourself. Daddy. And then some of them spell it with a Z, Zeddy. Now, Zeddy is borderline. You're about to have a baby with them, and then it's going to be your baby mom for the rest of your life. That's a Zeddy. Do you, have you, has anyone called you a zaddy? Oh my God, that's how I got a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a clip, you have a very, it's, I think it's on New Negroes where you talk about naming your kid Austin because on paper you wanted him to look good. And I, I understand that my name is Nicole because on paper you see them, you know, you, they can't, they can't tell your ethnicity through the paper. Unless, unless you give an abbreviated nickname, you say Nikki, that's uh-huh. usually associated with an African-American. It's safe to say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what my mom said. She's like, that's why you didn't get a nickname. She was like, I didn't want you introducing yourself to like little boo-boo to everybody. She's like, you are Nicole. Yeah, little boo-boo is not a bad guy, but I understand where her thoughts were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Okay. I want to know, where are you? You're in a hotel. Are you touring right now? Yeah, I'm going to tour till I die. I'm in Philly right now. So do you love the tour life? I love, uh, um, I used to have more fun with it when I didn't have a kid, mm-hmm. when I was only responsible for myself, and it was all about party and rock out with your cock out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But since I had my son and he's six now, it's not as exciting anymore because every weekend I'm away, it's a weekend away from him. So it's been kind of tough on that end of it. But I do love going out and talking to the people. I do love going to these places year after year, people seeing the growth in my stand-up. And these, and for me, I've never been like a working actor. I get bits and pieces of stuff, 
but it's not enough to say this, that's how I can support myself. So majority of my career, it's all been on the road and stand up. So I do do have a, a, a big thing for being a, being a road warrior, but road warrior, but it does cut into the time that I spend with my son now. Would you ever bring your kid on the road with you? I've done it. I love it. Any opportunity I can get, I, I love to do it. I love the fact that he knows what daddy does for a living. He's kind of excited about it. You know, he's a funny kid already. But, you know, I think any dad that, you know, you don't want to force your kid into what you do, but you do appreciate the fact that they appreciate it and at least know what daddy does. So any chance that I get to have him on the road with me, he goes. I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival mm-hmm. with him, and I brought him on stage. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, my God, that's so fucking sweet. But no, it got, it got fucked up, Nicole, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because my son always asks him, if, are you going to tell a joke? Are you going to tell a joke? So the only joke he has is just one word, caca. Mm-hmm. Caca. <laughs> he just says caca. It don't have a setup. Uh-huh. There's no callback. It's back. just a punchline. There's no callback. He should no, say no. caca. Say caca. <laughs> right? No, no transition. No nothing. <laughs> he just says caca and it rips. Right? Mm-hmm. So we were at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I had a show and I was on stage and he was on the side of the stage. The curtain, he couldn't see the audience but he could hear them laughing, right? Mm-hmm. And he was in the back, Nicole. He was like, oh, man, this dude is the best thing since sliced bread. He laughing like, oh, my dad is killing him. And I'm over there looking at him like, I'm about to kill it. As I don't know what I was saying, what joke I was doing, but I said caca in my mm-hmm. joke. And he looked at me like, did this motherfucker just steal my shit? <laughs> no, he looked like he hit his head, like the SMH face. He hit his head and he was like, out of all, I got one joke. Dad. One this joke. This one he was look. He said, You take my one joke, Kaka. He looked at me like that. So I finally brought him out on stage and I was like, Hey, Austin. I said, You want to tell a joke? And he looked at me in my face like, I was <laughs> going to do my Kaka shit, right? But then you, you. old joke thieving ass, old grandfather age, that's why you shouldn't have had me so late. You forget that you're supposed to let your son get those opportunities. Yeah, but I love him being on the road with me. That's so, every time you leave, he's like, you going to tell my joke. Yep, caca. You're going to tell it, and the people are going to laugh, and that's my fucking joke. I want to let him know, this is the world, bro. You got to get some new jokes. Yeah, you got to beware. People be out here stealing. Yep, and they love to steal from kids that can't defend themselves. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm training him to be a better writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the first draft. He's got to get the, the second draft, third draft going. He got to do some rewrites. Yep, get that rewrite. But I like going back to your question. The best feeling in this wor- in the world is when he's on the road with me. When you know, I I just did some shows in Ontario a while ago, and one of my friends, it was one of my openers, he has a son, and we both both brought our kids to mm-hmm. the show, and we had, we had a, the nanny take care of him. But then we felt bad because I said, Austin, are you going to stay for the second show? He's like, No, Daddy, I'm ready to go back to the hotel. I was like, oops, excuse me. I fucking love this kid. Just I'm like, you, you know. Did, I'm like, you didn't get over, you still, you still holding on to that car joke, huh? You won't let it go. He's like, no, I'm done. I can't watch you steal from me again. Yeah, but he's the love of my life. I did you always want to be a dad or did you have a kid and then you're like, yes, this is what I fucking want? Um, it was a combination of both, but it it was like, you know, one thing about our business is that 
uh, sometimes you pursuing what you want so much mm-hmm. that you don't put the focus on other things. You know, it's like I got to make myself happy. Yeah. I don't think I'm in a position to have a kid. It'll slow me down. So I always thought that I always had fantasized about the idea of being a father. But then as time kept going and just kept going, it was just like the years started adding up. I was like, you know what? Looks like I probably won't have kids. And I was settled with that because the toughest thing, if you're not settled with the fact that you may not have kids, it'll drive you crazy. And I like a lot of people, I was like, yeah, I got nephews. I got um, I got uh, nieces, whatever. I'll be cool mm-hmm. and I'll just bury, I'll bury myself. Uh, most people that don't have children at a certain point in life, they just get obsessed with their career. That's yeah. the thing that drives them. That's where their happiness is. And I don't have a problem with that. And then just like... But a woman that I was dating at the time, you know, uh, we made a goddamn baby. And I, it wasn't like, <laughs> somebody said, was it planned? I was like, well, if you fucking the way I was, you know, it might not have been planned. <laughs> but, but, but the possibility of it happening is great. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you raw dogging, you know, I mean, yep. that's kind of planning. That's, but that's, we don't think that that happens. We don't think, you know, like mm-hmm. that, I don't know, maybe it's that... Maybe it's that Cardi B phrase you say, a wet-ass pussy make that pull-out game, game weak. weak. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weak. You just want to stay in there. He said, it's nice and warm. Oopsies. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but it was like, I'm going to tell you, it really, the situation with me having this kid, it really made me really understand how dope it is to procreate. When you're mm-hmm. younger, you just take advantage of shit. You know, you're just like, oh, I just hit it and it happened. But then I look at the people that have kids later in life, the people that have to do a lot to have kids, you know, mm-hmm. that do those shots and all that type of shit. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. You can't take this for granted. In fact, when my lady was pregnant the first time, when we found out, you know, the doctors, it just didn't start off good. You know, there was... Basically, like, mm-hmm. it's a 40% chance that this would be a healthy situation or whatever. But yeah, at my age, I heard 40%. I was like, oh, oh I got a chance. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I started juicing this shit. I'm like, what the hell has it got to do with me? <laughs> I already did my part, right? And um, we and it was like, what wasn't a good uh, pregnancy. Three months in, um, she lost the baby, mm-hmm. right? And at first, I was like all about, yo, God, thank you. This is the best thing ever. And then when I lost it, baby, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little fucked up with God. And I'll say that because I was like, damn, God, I'm like, I mean, I really don't be blowing your line up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really, yeah. I'm, I'm not one of them dudes that be like, oh, um, oh my God, the light's about to turn red. God, please don't let me get this ticket. I don't want to pay this $50. Mm-hmm. I don't pray like that. You know what I'm saying? I pray for some shit that I really need. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated. <laughs> I was like, damn, God, I can't even believe this. Right? And then um, three months later, and my lady, she's a young Latino, so you know it's easy. You mm-hmm. can just, you can blow a kiss at them, and they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm five months pregnant, right? <laughs> so after we had the miscarriage at three months, three months later, it happened again. And I now I got to go back to God 
and be like, come on, man. I was just having a bad day. <laughs> I needed the prayer, but now I need it, need it. Yeah, you're like, I was just fucking around. Please let this be okay. Yeah, and anybody's have been in so many, I found that so many people have been in the same situation where you get excited about something and it doesn't happen the way you want, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, this is like a, like an extreme, extreme blessing. And But mm-hmm. you're nervous because you're like, if you get to three months, you have miscarriage. You don't want to get too excited. You're just trying to get to where you were the last time. You know what I mean? Like you, like mm-hmm. when, when she said she was pregnant, I was like, yay. But then I was like, okay, let's get three months. And then we got to the fourth month. And nowadays with like medical uh, technology and everything, it's like you kind of know how things are going to go work out in advance. Mm-hmm. So we just kept getting good news, kept getting good news. And, um, you know, nine months later, I had the best thing in my life to, to come to me. That's a sweet story. You know, it started off rough and shit. And I do appreciate you talking about it because I feel like we don't... Women very rarely talk about miscarriages and it's a very common thing that happens. But to hear it from the male perspective was interesting because it's like it is two people in this. It isn't just one person. Two people are affected and it's devastating. It's devastating. And I could, like, psychologically, that could... I mean, I know people that, like, like just... Just keep trying. Mm-hmm. Keep trying. Just keep trying. I mean, we're talking about years. Yeah. And that's why I really expect the whole, I mean, respect the whole process because it's not, for some people, it's not that easy. I know, and especially for the women's psychological situation of like, will I have kids? Can I have kids? It can weigh on mm-hmm. you. So I, I really know the importance, the importance of being supportive of your partner. And like, if you can get there, you can get there, you know? Yeah. Um, Not to completely uh, flip the switch and change lanes or whatever, but I have a question about touring. Do you have chuckle fuckers? Yeah, I've had them. Not not, not too much anymore. They don't really approach me. I guess, you know, that's like, I think that's um, more when you first start, you want to take advantage of everything, especially when you broke. Mm -hmm. You want to take advantage of everything this business can give you. And a little uh, funny pussy never hurt anybody. But yes, I do. <laughs> I do have chuckle fuckers. I do have chuckle fuckers. They're the best ones. What's the wildest way a chuckle fucker has thrown themselves at you? Uh, I was shooting pool or whatever, and I was trying to convince her that it's time to go. Let's do something. And she, I was like this. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we could go to my room. I know this sounds like a me too about to happen, right? I was like, (laughs) this is how it always starts. (laughs) No, this is how it always starts. And and she was just, she was like, she was like, you don't have to convince me. I'm going to fuck you. (laughs) And and it it wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with my personality or anything. Mm -hmm. It had everything to do with, I'm a fan of the show, Chappelle show. This was back then. Mm And I'm fucking someone from that show. And it just so happened that the, ro- <laughs> that the, ro- the robot guy wasn't available. You know what I mean? Charlie <laughs> Murphy was married. <laughs> Dave is married. So I just had, I had to take all the hits. I was like, I'll take that pussy. That was like, and you get a chuckle fucker. Everybody and gets you- a chuckle fucker. <laughs> no, that's funny. I, um... That I mean, you were on a hit TV show, so yeah, I'm sure people were just like anybody from Chappelle's show. I want it. I want that dick. I just want that story. And I got it got so bad. It got so bad for me that I wouldn't even go to a bar 
if it wasn't, you know how you have a show and it's a bar next door? If it mm-hmm. wasn't a bar next door, I was I would not I didn't have time to start over to get to know me. I would just go up to a motherfucker <laughs> like this. I'll be like this. I'll go to you, I'll be like this. I hope you enjoyed the show. If they say I didn't see the show, I'll be like, next. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. Next. No, that's so fucking because fu- you're like, I'm not doing the work. I already worked for an hour. Yeah. So I'm just going to say hello. If you've seen it, let's go. If you haven't seen it, I got to move on. I can't be putting in the work. That's, I mean, I feel the same way. If you haven't seen the show, I don't want to get to know you. I want to find someone who already understands what they're getting. But I'm going to tell you something. Chuckle fuck. Like, one thing, a woman could like you for a Multiple reasons, right? But if mm-hmm. you want to get your brains fucked out, connect with a woman that loves the fact that you make them laugh. That's mm-hmm. one of the sexiest traits a man can have, a sense of humor. You And a sense of humor can compete with some of the richest people in the world. Shout out to Pete Davidson putting it down, being funny. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? It's, no, it's so wild. Every, like... Don't I, let the oh funny boy. nigga, don't let the funny motherfucker take your girl. That is horrible. <laughs> anytime you look at anything, Kanye's spinning out. Yep. He said, "I don't know what to do." But the thing is, like, I know people that are really close to Kanye, and like, I'm not critical of him, but I'm like this, bro. That's the toughest thing to do on a breakup. The toughest thing to do is like, who's going to start fucking first? Mm-hmm. Who's going to find their happiness first? You don't want that person to get their happiness first. You say it. We bullshit and say stuff like, I just want you to be happy. I don't want you to be happy. <laughs> Not before me, bitch. Not before me. Let me go happy first. And you go happy second. I don't want you out here fucking around with no six foot seven basketball player <laughs> with some great sweatpants <laughs> that keep trying to do jumping jacks every chance he gets. But I think Kanye should leave him. Leave them alone. Yeah, leave, leave them alone. Leave it alone, bruh. And if anything, I know I understand the side, and I understand it because I'm in a co-parenting situation now. Mm-hmm. I understand the frustration of that. But, man, leave the, leave the boy alone, man. He he could be so he could be so nasty. He could be so mm-hmm. evil to shit. He's trying to take the high road. Just y'all work that shit off, off of social media. Put that shit in private, you know? Yeah, get you a therapist. Also, at this point, I'm like, you're stalking this woman. Like, this is sick. This yeah. is what men do in real life, and it's not publicized as much. And then you just hear about women getting murdered. So it's like, step off. Yeah, I doubt if it gets that serious. But just the psychological part of just every time you turn around, this dude is saying something. And he's of that celebrity level that anything he says, that it's going to be noted. And somebody's going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just, I don't know. I just can't fathom breaking up with someone and then haunting them. You're be- like, he's being a fucking, he's like a, a ghost. He just won't leave. Well, you know that there's um, this phrase out called pussy whipped, right? Mm-hmm. Pussy whipped is the type of pussy that's so good, it distracts you from normal thinking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's usually with women with WAP. I don't know if you're sitting on WAP or not, but... Um, I don't think you can gauge your pussy as being fired until you have someone that's psychotic, that's really mm-hmm. like overdosing. So I don't know how what level you put your. If you ain't had, a, if you don't got a crazy motherfucker in your life, Nicole, it might not be as fire as you thought. Oh no! I don't have a wop. I don't have any crazy people chasing me, and I've been digmatized. 
But this is a eye-opening and kind of upsetting. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, maybe they keep it to themselves, but usually it's the cycle when you, you're, you know your pussy is fire when mm. you have a guy <laughs> screaming that line, this bitch got me. <laughs> that girl had the WAP. That was a WAP. He was a recipient of the WAP. I wish I had a WAP. This is really upsetting. How does one get a WAP? Um, I just think I... Um, I guess practice? You can... How do you get where this pussy? I think it's like, well, it has to probably be part of your partner, too. Your partner has to contribute. I think it's important for your partner to contribute to your whoppiness. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because if a, if a woman is really, really not into you, it's probably hard for her to get to the point where um, you need a mop and a bucket for her wet ass pussy. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, to be able that, to say that with no laughter, you probably need to get a bucket and a mop for a that mop, wet ass. You know, the pussy. It's so funny. It, the song is so fucking funny. Yo, give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. <laughs> and here's another fun fact that people don't respect about the song. This pussy that we speak of is not employed. In the song, she says, I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how mm-hmm. I got this ring. And it was because of her wet-ass pussy. So, mm. I don't know what message that sends to the youth of today did not want to cook or clean, but I'm an old school dude. You're going to have to do one or the other. I I don't cook. I can't cook. I'm not good at it. But I do clean. I will, like, I dust. So, Nicole, I, is this safe yes. to say? And I'm, I think I'm getting close to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You're, and you're trying to close it now. You know where I'm going to. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going with this. Open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Open your mouth. That's what it is. Your mouth game is, <laughs> yo, your mouth game has to be fire. Okay. Since, okay, since I don't have a wet ass pussy, I got to start sucking them dicks better. Not dick suck, dick or one. It don't have to be uh-huh. better. No, I, I'm assuming that you're already nice with it. That's what they say in the street. Oh, she nice with it. I'm assuming you're nice with it. Okay. I th- I thought I was nice with it. I Where's the very... goddamn confidence, man? <laughs> Wait a minute. Where is the confidence? Okay, I'm good at it. I'm good at sucking dick. Nobody's believe. Nobody's gonna believe that. Nobody's gonna believe that. They believe this sentence. I'm nice with it. I'm nice with it. There you go. There it is. And they got. And I don't know what level. It takes a while to get to a, a level of like, like. A throat goat. You're not a throat goat. I would love to be a throat goat because I love that. What a fun, what a fun title for someone. A throat goat. Throat goat. And the fact that you could be called a throat goat at any age. Nancy Reagan was considered a throat goat <laughs> in her senior years. In her senior mm-hmm. years. She probably was at had more practice when she was younger, but we didn't know her throat goatism. Until she mm-hmm. was a senior. Until she sit- was old. And she was old. And I heard that that throat, I heard that throat. Here's another way. I heard it was fire. Okay. That yeah. throat is fire. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to become that. Okay. So in order for me to find someone, I got to become a throat goat uh, and be a little bit more confident with my skills. And do I just tell them? How do you hit on somebody? Like, how do you like to be hit on? Me? I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 you know, at my age, I can't deal with the, 
your favorite color, your signs or anything. It just got to be, you just got to be, you just got to, I don't want to, I don't want your, 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 what's your sign, Sagittarius? Oh my God, I'm a Sagittarius too, we get along. I don't think you hit on anybody. I don't think, here's the thing. I think people, when we aggressively try to find something, we never get it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I know it sounds crazy and people like, and I know women get to a certain point like, yeah, but I'm getting older and we always say shit like, you know, that right person to come to you. I think that when you're not looking, mm-hmm. when you're not looking, that's when you find, you'll find it. And men know desperation. Uh-huh. They know they know women dealing with time and everything. And they don't want, unless you catch a guy that's like equally yoked like that, like they're looking at time. They're looking at some things they want to do. It don't, it, you You can't find it. It it finds you. It may sound corny, mm-hmm. but it finds you. And it usually finds you when it's the last thing on your mind, when you are embedded into your career. And like, even in your case, if you're not, it's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And it's, and it's going to happen when you just doing your normal shit, you living your life, you following your career, and it'll, it'll it's going to be the weirdest encounter. I thought it almost happened at the Critics' Choice Awards. I co-hosted with Tay Diggs, and I was wearing this tiny, tiny little dress. And I looked down. The stage manager was like, staring at you. And I looked down, and was staring at me like, ooh-wee, like I had a wop. And I just smiled at him. And then he left, and nothing happened. And I was very upset about it. Well, you smiled at him because he looked at you like a wop, and you was going to get a knot on your forehead, okay? Because, I mean, the fantasy is there, but he's married. Oh, he's married? Yeah, and he's <sighs> figured out a way to keep whatever. I'm not saying he does. Well, if he does anything extracurricular, he's figured out a way to keep it on a low, which a lot of people can't. Okay, good to know. But I really thought it was going to happen. I was like, ooh, wow. Ooh, be looking. But you know what's going to be tougher? See, you're in a tough situation too, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Because I know it sounds crazy, but I found that successful black women usually have the hardest times in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm, you hate to hear that. I know, I, I, but just your show is honest. It's the truth. Like, so many men, it's going to take a special person. So many men are insecure. You know what I'm saying? And men, one of the things we want to do, we always want to feel like we're it. And I know people are going to try to argue with me about this, but we want to feel always like we're in control and we are needed. And the minute, mm-hmm. the minute you take that away from a man, where, like, women are like, I don't need a man for anything. And guess what? Stay single. You know what I'm saying? Mm, if you don't yeah. want us for anything, and if you don't want us to feel like men, then you can have a problem finding a guy, period. Your followers, your listeners, they can argue with me all they want. I see so many um, executives in this business that, mm-hmm. that have got everything in their career. They the boss bitches. They do everything, but it's one part that they don't have, and that's that companionship, and that's loving someone and someone loving you back. It's a tough thing. Well, how do I, if I don't need a man for anything other than like love and emotional support and shit like that? How do I, how do I make a man feel like a man if I don't need him like financially? 
It could be just it could it could be inspiration. It could be motivation. And you could make him feel like, you know, I like to listen to you, honey. When you say, even though I got this going on, when you say certain things, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel wanted. It's appreciated. It ain't always got to be the financial part. It's just the mental support, the mental support also. And a lot of women, this is an art, mm-hmm. um, right? This is an art. A lot of women don't know the art of shutting the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, okay. and now don't okay. get me wrong. They're going to try to dog me. I don't give a fuck. But the art, it like it doesn't mean shut the fuck up all the time. Mm-hmm. But in certain situations, knowing when to shut the fuck, shut the fuck up, knowing what battles to pick, knowing when to just calm yourself down and just relax. All right. Yes. I mean, I do think that is a good. A, I mean, people might argue with me too, but it's like you can't fight over everything. Because then that's not fun. And I know you, and I wasn't specific to you. I know you know the art of shutting the fuck up. Because when I even said learning the art of shutting the fuck up, you shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, gotta be quiet. (laughs) Yeah, you could have been like, "Uh uh-uh, you know. But I was like, oh my God, she she knows. She knows. A lot of people think I'm crazy. But, you know, this this is a matter of opinion. This is my thoughts. Nobody thinks you're crazy. People think everybody's crazy. I guess so. Uh, you know, people got a lot, a lot of shit to to say about a lot of stuff. If that makes sense. Yep. Real quick, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about, and thank God I have a podcast, but then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist, and listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me and canta muchacho. <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Let me, I want to know how you... I'm so proud of you. May. Yeah, you're doing your thing. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to have a nice time and do things that I want to do. I'm telling you, I, I, it's just one thing. It's like you can wish somebody happiness, but it's like when you're rooting for certain people, certain people get a certain amount of success, and you're like, oh, whatever. They might be <laughs> nasty or bad people or whatever, but it feels good when you see someone that's deserving, someone that's putting the work in. When you see them getting their shine, you know what I'm saying? And you respect them. Like, every time I see you pop up on, and this is the the, the nice way I'm saying, I'm like, get it, bitch. I'm really, really happy for you. Really happy for you. I mean that. I know. Thank you so much. I love seeing you everywhere. And I like, your comedy is so funny to me. And I loved you on Chappelle's show. And I just want to know, like, how did you get, how did you find comedy? Tell me. Tell me your story. So I never thought that this was what I was going to do. In fact, I was a police officer in the Air Force. I was waiting. I got out. I was waiting to be a cop in D.C. And I used to go to this comedy club with some people I used to work with. And I used to heckle the comedians. And I, <laughs> and I started, and I started, and I started um, creating a following of people that wanted to come and hear me just heckle people. And, of course, the club owner wanted me to, uh, uh, wanted to, um, Wanted to get me to be quiet, so he asked me to go on stage. Mm-hmm. Didn't go then. Two weeks later, I went on stage, and it's been what I've been doing for 27 years. It was all by chance. I never thought that this would be something that I wanted to do. It just happened. Wait, that's so magical that you got on stage, crushed, and then just kept doing it. Yeah, I knew it was the first thing, and first time in my life where I said, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Of course, I was like... You younger then, but I was like, "Oh shit, I love this." It was it was incredible. And then, how did you meet Chappelle? Did he? So when he cast you on Chappelle's show, had he seen you? Were you friends? Well, and, I mean, technically, he um, approved of me being on the Chappelle show. Neil Brennan casted me on the Chappelle show, but it hmm. wasn't really a cast. That's what a lot of people misunderstand. People are like, yeah, you guys were the cast members. We weren't the cast members. Nobody was the cast. The only cast was Dave. Mm-hmm. That was the only person. Everything else was like, you come in, you get a sketch. If you're good, you might come back. It wasn't like like SNL when you're like this. And, you know, the new cast member, it wasn't that. It was like, if you're funny, you come back. And um, But I wouldn't have been on the show if it wasn't for Neil and if it wasn't for my relationship with Dave of him knowing of me coming through the DC ranks because he's mm-hmm. a DC comic. And whenever someone leaves... We look at them as people that we look up to, no matter what the age is, because they finally left their whole time, hometown to do it. And then Dave was, he became fond of, he was a, he was already a fan of my stand-up, but then he came, became a fan of um, me as a comedic actor. He never saw me do any sketch or anything. It was just like, 
mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick people on the show that I think are funny and hopefully it works out that they could make it work in front of the camera also. You know? Yeah. I I just kinda like how I don't know. You've been like authentically yourself and then good shit has happened to you. And I like that. I like when that happens to people. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's, I can't be anybody. I know it sounds crazy, but I only can be myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, hopefully like if, if I can build a, a, a fan base of following off of me being authentic, you know, I, 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 I like that idea, but I can't front. I can't lie. I can't not be who I am. And I'm never trying to be anybody else. So, and now almost 30 years, I've built a strong following of people that understand that and, and see my work and my work ethics. You were on The Wire. And what was that like? Was that like, because I personally have never seen The Wire, but that's drama, right? It was, yeah, but, but it's drama. But if you're a fan, if you're a real, real fan of The Wire, you know that I was a series created by David Simon. And it was a police uh, police officer David Simon was a police journalist in Baltimore. And as a police officer, they wrote a book called A Corner. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it followed this one family in, um, in Baltimore and their trials, tribulations of being of that environment. And um, The Quiet was basically a spinoff of The Corner. Mm-hmm. But The Corner show was so dope. And it was so much dope, literally and figuratively speaking, because it was about <laughs> these heroin addicts that you can't continue that story. It's the same story. So they had to figure out a way to the popularity of that neighborhood, the writing styles of David Simon. They had to find something else to do, and that's where The Wire came up. And David Simon is one of those guys that, if you notice any project that he's worked on, you usually see the same people. He's very mm-hmm. loyal and keeps, like, the same cast of people around him. I was I, I was able enough, to, I was lucky enough, or worked hard enough to position myself to be on the corner and then um, The Wire came around. I auditioned for that. I got it, and I continued that relationship. But it was a great show. Like, people that... It's interesting when I go places, people like this, yo, you are one of the greatest shows in history. And I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. And the reason why, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because The Wire was considered one of the greatest shows in, in television history. And Chappelle's show was considered one of the greatest shows in television history. So for me to be able to align myself with both of them, I said, yo, if anything happens to you today, whatever, yo, just those two um, and being a part of history, I was like, you did your job. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. Like to be two of the greatest shows in the history of television, like one's comedic, one's dramatic. Donnell's got the range, honey. That's what he she can said. do it all. <laughs> That's what she said. I love saying that. I love saying that for anything. That's what she said for anything. That's what she said. Yep. So wait, so you were in, you were, you were going to be a cop. So have you ever fucked anyone in the uniform? <laughs> I did. I was. Yo, I used to shoot dice in my uniform because my last duty station, I was stationed at Bowling Air Force Base in Washington D.C., and mm-hmm. I grew up in that area. So, yo, I was the worst. I used to shoot dice in my in my cop uniform. Mm-hmm. I used to fuck chicks in my cop uniform. I was the worst cop ever, boy. Thank God that I got out of the military. I'd have been corrupt. <laughs> I definitely would have been corrupt. Did women, were they like throwing themselves at, did they like, were they like, I love a man in uniform? No, I'm telling you, only the, the, the almost all the relationships I've ever been with, 
it wasn't, it was always because I was a funny guy. Like, I would mm-hmm. laugh, I would laugh you into some pussy. You know what I mean? They'd be like, ha, 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 he's so funny, ha, 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 he's so funny. Next thing you know, bong, 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 you got it. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you like funny and a ladies' man in high school? Has this always been you? Or I, did wanted you like... to, I wanted to be a ladies' man, but I was just a ladies' friend. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to fuck me. They wanted to hang out with me. They was like, oh, man, make sure Donnie will come. He's going to make us laugh. Like, I would make these motherfuckers laugh, and then the football players would snatch them up. I would get mm-hmm. them warmed up. I feel like I was a horse breeder. <laughs> I feel like I was, you know, horse breeders, that's what they do. They have, when they breed horses, they got one horse to get the, the female hot, right? Uh-huh. They get them hot, like, and then soon as... The dude is about to, like, think he about to go. They bring the thoroughbred in, and all he do is this. Ah! And then he's out. So the dude that's doing all, the horse man, the man horse, or whatever you call him, they get him, they got one that just all the foreplay, and then the the, 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 the fancy horse come up and just busts a big load. Bloop, bloop, and then there's out. <laughs> You can you know, blue balls was developed. Courses were the first ones with blue balls. I'm telling y'all. What a wild imagery. <laughs> it's the truth. Fun fact, you may not know. Horses were the first people with blue balls. Horses Fun were fact. the first people with blue balls. You heard it here first. Why won't you Jamie is very educational. Wait, Donnell, are you married currently or are you a single man? I'm a single man. I got a baby mom. I was never married. I, d- okay. I, I dabbled with the idea of marriage when um when my son was born, but I didn't um I didn't uh didn't make it to that. Uh unfortunately I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought it was to be good, but you know, I don't think that's going to happen in my life right now. Fair. I also always thought I would get married when I was younger. I was like, ooh, I'm going to get married. It's going to be really cute. And then the older I get, I'm like, I don't think I need it. I think if I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody. If I'm not, I'm not. Like, I don't need to be married. I think a lot of women don't need to be married. I just think a lot of women want that party. The biggest thing, mm-hmm. do you want to be Do you want to be married? No, I want to get I want to get married. But do you want to get married? And it's so tough. Do you all? We all hear the numbers. The divorce is like fifty percent of the people that get mm-hmm. married get divorced. And then you say, "Well, why should I even take a chance if the outcome is probably going to be that I haven't felt that union or the person that I want to be bonded, where I could say this is who I want to be with for the rest of my life." I like pussy a lot. I like pussy a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But not like in no reckless way, but you know, like. You know, I like the company of women. Fair. And I like that you know that about yourself because there's a lot of men out there who lie and they say they don't like pussy that much. And then they fuck around with one lady and then they end up cheating on her. And then it's mad. It's sad. It's not good. I got to fuck. Cheating is like, I know I'm, I'm sounding like some Will Smith and Jada shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And women, I, I put it like this. Men cheat for sport and women cheat for revenge. Ooh, that I think is it. I think that's right. I do think that it is like you did something. So I'm going to do something to you. And then men are just like, Hmm, why not? Exactly. Why, the, thr- the thrill of the chase. I got you. I did it. Well, a woman, you got your cheating. First thing a woman says, like you say, you, your guy said, I love you. 
First thing a woman says, no, how could you say you love me and you cheated because I fucked her. And I know it's a tough one. Like men, we could we could smash something without being in love. Which is interesting to me. And I used to think I could do that. But as I get older, I'm like, uh oh, I went out with you a couple times. We had sex and now I feel things. It's hard to differentiate what is just sex and what is just what and what is actual feelings. Yeah, but a lot of a good, like you, I'm, you know, there's some good, they could make your feelings move a lot quicker than what you thought. Mm-hmm. You start, you start ignoring all those red flags. Ding, 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 ding. Because, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's usually lust, and you're trying to turn lust into love. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm so horny right now. Oh, my I goodness. Have- <laughs> I got to go find something. I got my titty caught in the, uh, <laughs> the window of a car. <laughs> my friend rolled down the window, and I was Wait like, a minute. Over. How'd you get your t- <laughs> titty caught? That sounds like a new rap song. Y'all hear that new titty ah, caught ah, shit? Got my titty caught. Oh. Caught up. Caught up in the shit. Um, I was leaning over the car window and I wasn't wearing a bra and I was talking to my oh, friend. Wait, wait, I was man, being wait a minute. How did you, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come what? on now. What? How what? did you have... See, you telling this story too fast. <laughs> what was your okay. titty doing out of the window? Okay, so I was leaning into a friend's car, and I was doing a bit. I was being funny. I wasn't wearing a bra because I was going right back up in the house, and I guess my titty was resting on the window, and there was just like an inch of the window left, and they didn't want me to like lean too much on the window, so they rolled it down. And as they rolled it down, my nipple got sucked up in the window and then I started panicking and I was like, am I going to be part of this car forever? Uh, Am I ever, is this going to take my fucking nipple off? And then I screamed and then he rolled it back up and then I screamed even harder because I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then I ripped my titty out and it felt exhilarating. And I was like, I need to get fucked because that was exciting for me. I want, I just want to give you a ride somewhere. (laughs) Oh my God. It really hurt and it left a little bit of a bruise. It sounds like you want to revisit that. It sounds like you had to, like you wanted to do it again. I mean, I wouldn't say no. That's how horny I am. That's what she said. No. <laughs> I mean, can, that's what should, she's saying. You can get it whenever you want. You just you just don't know when you want. You can get it whenever you want. I'm just picky right now. I just want someone to like love me. I'm like tired. <laughs> I just want to be in a relationship and I'm trying really hard to not look for it, but it's just so hard to not look for it. I mean, you're in a good place now to look for it. It's one thing to be looking for it and not be successful and you're struggling, but you know, you're in a good place. You're like, you're in a very good place. I'm telling you, it's going, I'm so psychic when it comes to this type of shit. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And you're going to be like this. You could be, you could be like, Maybe a Dunkin' Donuts, something like this. I think this is going to happen, Donnell. 
it's going to happen. I was in a laundromat, and this dude said that I have any extra quarters in Donnell. We're getting married. You know, Donnell, but, you don't think I got a washer and dryer in my place? But Jack, you know, I'm going to no fucking laundromat. No, I'm kidding. I'm not missing the point. No, no, the, I'm not. I get that's it. That's where the men are. That's where they are. I'm telling that's you. That's where the men are. Yeah, in the laundromat. <laughs> go to the laundromat. And I go to. That would be sick. You know what? I go when I was younger. I remember we used to go to laundromat, and it, I, I, I still go to laundromat. Just, I just it's something about being in there. The smell, it just mm-hmm. reminds me of my childhood running around with my little brother and my mother telling us, mm-hmm. "Get down! You ain't gonna get a quarter for that." I go in there sometimes just to wash a load of clothes, just to just to reminisce with that time. I, that's so sweet. I. Hate it going to the laundromat because when I lived in New York, I lived in a six floor walk up. So I had to take all of my fucking clothes down the stairs and then take them all the way the fuck back up. It was truly awful. I'm going to tell you one thing for the guys that listen to this. You want to you want to get your freak on? Go to the laundromat because you got to remember, usually women have washed all of their shit, so they got the skimpiest booty short. I'm telling you, <laughs> man, the laundromat in a high rise be popping. Wow, this is funny because Janelle James told me to go to Target to find men. So you're saying men should go to the laundromat, and Janelle's like, you should go to Target to find a man. Yep, or Home Depot. Either way. Ooh. I never fucking thought of Home Depot that but Home Depot I feel like should be like is probably full of like married men running errands for their wife. I don't know. It's got fixing shit around the house. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm telling you, Home Depot, Home Depot laundromat post office. All right. Home Depot. Psychos. Psychos post office. But yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so that's that's good advice. Those are good locations, I think, to try to find somebody. Right. You said don't really hit on anybody. What other advice do you have? I don't like it's just strange to me. I don't think. But see, I don't know. I'm only I'm probably getting one side of you. This is like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm available. But we don't know the psychotic side of it because I don't see. I can't see you with your personality. and everything. Mm-hmm. I can't see you like not having a guy. You know what I mean? It doesn't make it doesn't add up. Oh, well, thank you. I do appreciate that. I guess I'm like, uh, I mean, I am a crazy person. I don't think anybody's not crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I said in an interview the other day, they were like, uh, what drives you to do comedy? And I was like, mental illness to leave your comfy, cozy home at night to go to a, a strange location to make people laugh in the dark, that's mental illness. And I love it. And people don't understand that. Like it's, people always say, oh, man, comedy is therapy. It's therapy for the people that's doing the comedy also because that's the place that we feel the most comfortable. That's mm-hmm. the place that we're not afraid. That's the place that we're in total control. We create the narrative and we and, and we see it through. So it's, it's on, on both sides. And I always... People are like this, oh, I really needed you tonight. I'm like, no, I needed mm-hmm. you tonight. I needed you, yeah. <laughs> I once wrote a joke about a friend and like an issue we were having. And then they were at the show. They're on the same show. And they were like, can you not talk about our issues on stage? Like that sucks. And I was like, Oh fuck. You don't work the same way as me. I was like working out the issue on, like I was trying to make it funny. So it was okay with me. 
And they were like, yeah, don't do, talk to me about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no, no, that's, the, that's not the right person. That person, if you got to understand, and like I've been in relationships where it was things I want to talk about, and I might switch the name up a little bit. I don't want to go hard, mm-hmm. but I got to work it out there. Because when you decide that you don't want to be with me, I'm like, at least I can get 20 minutes worth of material. <laughs> uh, thank you for being my writer, bitch. Thank you for writing for me, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I dated somebody who asked me, they were like, do you ask permission before you talk about people on stage? And I was like, oh, I mean, no, I uh, yeah, I just changed the name. But for the most part, it's like it's both of our experiences. And if you want to talk about your side of it on stage, you could go. Let's you could do that. But a a comedian is never going to be with somebody that's sensitive about what they talk about on stage. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will never happen. Yeah, I don't think that would it wouldn't work. It is funny though, because like sometimes I'm like, maybe I should stop talking so much about my life, but I was like, I don't know, shit keeps happening in my life that it's like I have to talk about it. It's like the good lord. You have an interesting life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean my titty got sucked up in a window. That doesn't Here you go, titty. So you know what's so funny? <laughs> you could get away with that. Now if I would have told you it's so weird, because I was in this car last week. And I was just hanging, my dick was out the window, and my dick got caught up in the window. Yo, my dick got caught up in the window. Everyone would be like, like why is your dick out? What happened? <laughs> what are you doing? You terrorizing this person in this car? How is your dick out? <laughs> I would have had about 40 other people like, yeah, I remember. I was in the car with him, and his dick hit the windshield wiper then. <laughs> why do y'all talk about this 20 years ago? My dick was out 20 years ago. What did anybody say about it then? <laughs> Real quick, we have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com, N-U-U. L-Y.com that's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com newly with two U's with code DATEME20 newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine 
It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. Donnell, I have a question. Do you, you have a Netflix special coming out? Well, I had, well, it's interesting. I taped off Netflix special five months ago, right? Ooh, mm-hmm. And about five or six months ago, and this was when like we were still like in the pandemic. I did it at the Fillmore Theater in Charlotte, did the show. I got a standing O. Uh, Stan mm-hmm. Lathan was producer, Ricky Hughes, everybody's all excited. And we did promos for the release of it, which was supposed to be March the 17th. I get a call from Dave last week saying, Daniel, I want to shoot the special over. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, mm-hmm. right? And when he broke it down, it made a lot of sense. First, my ego was like, what do you mean it wasn't funny? It was funny. Uh-huh. But you've been there. It's a difference between, and he said to me, Donnell, I could put you in any room any given night and you would rip it. Uh-huh. He said, but that does not make it a special. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can have, and it was a good, it was a good special, but... What what he's trying to do, especially with the home team with Earthquake and other people doing, he's not trying to do a good special. He mm-hmm. wants to do classic. He wants shit to be evergreen. He wants stuff that is, 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 is just part of your legacy, mm-hmm. part of your time capsule. And when I looked at it, took a look at it, I had a lot of COVID jokes mm-hmm. in there. I had a lot of current event stuff, which in the moment, it felt good. It was for, it was for like, it was more stuff like if you're doing like the Fallon show, when mm-hmm. you're doing topical stuff in that moment. It felt great in that moment. But then when I look at it with us coming out of the pandemic, everything, I was like this, it would have been dated, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I had already started, even when I take the first one, I had already started working on a new set because I need, I was going to need um, jokes to tour with. Yeah. You know? So it just like, it was a blessing in disguise. We just postponed it. I had already been in a situation where I was working on some new stuff. And mm-hmm. now I, I had to check myself. I, I'm like this. If the joke is not talking to me, if it doesn't have a strong point of view, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. It's not, if it's not me being an older dad, if it's not me talking about dating a younger woman, if it's not anything that's reflective of who I am, I don't want to do it. And the way I got to go to now is like, I want to do a special where it doesn't matter. When you play it, mm-hmm. it would make sense. The only thing you might not understand is like, the only thing only thing that would date it is like clothes or something like that. But mm-hmm. I really want to make a, I don't want to just have a single on an album. I want to make Miss Education Lauren Hill. I want to make The Chronic. 
I want to make Snoop Doggy Dog style. So that's where I'm at. And it's going to come out soon. And I already got the check. <laughs> if the check clears, you know, yeah. who cares? They, they could make that shit an NFT. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the check clears. I got to say, like, that's, I love fucking hearing that. I love that you were able to look at your shit and go, oh, this is topical stuff. This, this isn't, this isn't evergreen. 10 years from now, people are gonna be like, wait, what? Oh, I guess I remember that. Uh, Cause there was a lot of specials that came and I'm not knocking anybody, but there was a lot of specials with a lot of COVID stuff. And when I did mine, I was like, I want to keep the COVID stuff to like a minimum because we will be out of this. Like 10 years from now, I want someone to like look at it and be like, Oh, I get that. And I really, really appreciate that you were like, no, I can, this can be better. I can do better. And it's like standing aside. That's like when you knock your ego aside and you go, no, 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 I, I got it. I can do this. I can do way better. Yeah. So like well, Dave, Dave, Dave helped me knock my ego to a side. It was a tough pill for me to swallow. But as I gave it more time, everything he said, it started to make sense. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this was really a blessing in disguise. You know, because when I did it, we were the place I did it. We were still dealing with, okay, show your vaccine card, uh-huh. mask on, and even the first I did two nights. The first night I did it, uh, uh, we turned away fifty percent of the audience because they hadn't had their vax cards. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that first show, the room wasn't packed out. It was black in the back, so now you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't cut to that shot because it don't match. It was just the circumstances was just overwhelming, but I got through it. You know what I'm saying? I did just that first night, which I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I knew I could do better. Second night, I put it all out on a table of where I was then. And the beauty about me going to get down is that if you were to see me do those jokes now compared mm-hmm. to what I did on the special, you would be like, what the fuck happened? Because they just, I just been building them. They mm-hmm. getting stronger. I had one joke that, that I did on the special that I had only, it was something that happened to me like three weeks prior to me uh-huh. doing a special. Now, this five months later, and I always put new shit on my jokes. And now I'm like, oh, and I was saying to myself, ooh, if I could do that joke now, mm-hmm. and now I'm able to do it now, so it's going to be good. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm when I tell you, you see me do stand-up. One thing uh-huh. nobody's ever going to be able to take away from me. They can say what they want as me as an actor or whatever. But on the stand-up side, I bring heat. And mm-hmm. now with me, with me with more time to prepare, right? And more time to me just to work it out. When it drops, it's gonna be, it's um, probably gonna, it's gonna be the best that I can be. I'm really excited to see it. I feel like jokes are like a cast iron skillet because you're not supposed to wash them and you're supposed to like let the season in, season the food. And I feel like sometimes people rush. I'll never get the whole putting a special out one a year. Because I'm like, you didn't have enough time to season that joke. If you do it for a little bit longer, you'll find more. But I think that because of my touring schedule mm-hmm. and because how I feel, like I run a set. You know, you go to these, do these, these improvs and these funny bones or whatever. Mm-hmm. You come in, let's, um, you coming back. I hate, you start getting the same people to come. I always flip my shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I always like, I could see myself doing a special every two years. Oh, yeah? You know, yeah, because, like, I'm always working out. I'm always, and and part of that, too, is, like, me hanging out with Dave and touring him. Mm -hmm. When you see where his work ethics are, he's like, 
this motherfucker just did another hour? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it, would, it would force you... Mm-hmm, to just level up. Level the fuck up. It ain't no like you trying to compete. Level up. You said the right word, level up. A lot of people confuse it. Oh, you compete? No, I'm leveling up, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Just trying to get on that level. Yeah. I was in Portland at Helium, and Dave had been at Helium, I think, like a couple weeks before me. And Nick, the guy who was running it at the time, was like... Chappelle's insane. He like came in, sat down and was like, what do y'all want to talk about? And then the next day came in with a whole new hour. And I was like, yeah, man, that's. <laughs> but see, that's what people, that's like certain people write different ways. Some people are just technical, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, and there's some people like me personally, I get to that point. I get blocked when I'm not um, engaged with what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, if I could get a, a, a topic or something that I feel passionate about it, you know, I could flip material like it ain't crazy. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm like, I'm talking about this. When you're an older motherfucker dating a younger chick and I start sharing my experiences, whatever, I could write jokes and jokes and jokes. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm kind of like, if I get to that point, we all get to the point where to ourselves, we don't want to engage the public or anything. That's when I get blocked. But as long as mm-hmm. I'm engaged with people and I can hang out with people and just see what's going on in the world, I can I can write material to no end and when are you shooting that or have you already shot the reshoot i'm giving myself i'm giving myself i'm ready now because again like i said we shot the original five months ago Mm -hmm. and i had already started working on different stuff i just want to i just want to run this shit maybe for another month and a half and then go back to the drawing board and get ready to drop the heat but until then i got i'm on the uh uh bmf stars the show uh uh uh, Black Mafia Family on Stars, and also got a rent. You said co-starring, but on on the winning time, it's like maybe four episodes. Four episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a good good thing to see me on. But I'm just gonna keep grinding it out and keep building my podcast up. And when a special drops, I think the momentum of uh, people will be ready and they'll be excited for it, even more excited. I'm excited for it. Well, we've come to the end. Thank you so much for doing this. This. Bitch, got me. No, I'm just saying, unless you are like, you're just too happy to got too great energy not to get that person. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, don't know. He Thank or you. she. It could be a she too. It could be he or she. Yeah, I don't. Love is love. Lo- I agree. I think love is love and I don't give a shit. Uh, well, thank you so much. What do you want to promote? Do you have tour dates? Well, I'll, I'll just put it this way. The thing that's going to really give me the freedom to say and do what I want anytime I want is going to be my podcast, The Donnell Rawlings Show. Um, I got some things coming up. You know, just keep paying your pay- cable bill. If you want to know where I'm at, go to Donnell Rawlings. Go to DonnellRawlings.com and The Donnell Rawlings Show. You'll find me. Well, thank you so much for being here. If you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe. <clears throat> on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Thank you. Um, and if you write me something dirty, you send it to the uh, the email, why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com and hitting on me, a dirty message hitting on me, I will read it. This person said, I want to nurse on them itty bitty titties while you use your Tracy's dog on your nimble and hot dog buns. After I've had my fill, I'll move on to your big old rock hard clit. Well, I'll bop it, twist it, pull it. Damn. <laughs> 
just like the 90s game after that i'll double fist you so hard i end up tickling your tonsils once your tonsils get a good enough tickle i'll take one fist out to stick up your fart box so i can play you like an accordion oh my god you'll i'll continue to chew so until you squeal in euphoria nicole get the motherfuckers out of your dms (laughs) oh my god you want a freak no, this they're not done. I'll do so to you squeal in euphoria and squirt directly into my soda stream. I'll carbonate that pussy juice and make you a vodka soda that we can share. Donnell, your face is everything right now. Because I know it's a 15-year-old writing this shit. Oh, my God. Well, that's it. Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. (laughs) This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.